Grab your headphones and some wine. Don't be scared now, you'll be fine. Cause nothing is fact, and we're just talking, so come join weird things and Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today, we will be talking about some random weird things. Shall we jump right into it? Yes! (laughs) Cheers! So, after the absolute monster that was the last episode, (laughs) we thought that we could all use a little bit of a break, so we've compiled a few random weird things that are not quite enough to dedicate a whole podcast to, but are still fascinating nonetheless. Love it. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. <laughs> we have so much food. We have monster cookies tonight. Cause we do. just wanted a bit of everything. And we have, instead of alcohol, we're doing Red Bull. This is different. First time ever. It is the first time ever. <laughs> we might be talking a bit faster during this episode. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> Maybe if, if you notice that I start talking like a madman, just like say something. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, calm down. <laughs> Should I potentially also do just a very slight disclaimer? I'm gonna kind of mention names, but try not to mention names for one of my topics. Okay. So mm, I'm gonna just do a little disclaimer. Fun. That we love <laughs> everyone and don't want to disrespect anyone or anything. We're just here to have a good time. <laughs> okay. And express our opinions, mm-hmm. which are not facts. Opinions, not facts. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know what your topics are and you don't know what mine are. No. So, like, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. You probably could have expected that I would do this when given the chance. I have an overall theme. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. What's the theme? (laughs) The ocean. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. (laughs) Thank goodness. That is such a good theme. I did not do a theme. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of started looking up like random topics because I was like, they don't have to go together. But then there was just so many good ocean ones and I was like, conspiracy and fact and it just like worked out really well. And then there was a big one at the end, which is why we have to do a disclaimer, that I I kind of, I've read so much and made so little notes because, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what's going on. So you can just like tell me. I'm gonna try. Okay, I'm gonna also bring up, I'm gonna have open on my phone the tabs so that I have like everything correct and ready and i don't mess up oh i'm so excited so should i just like start yeah okay we're going back to the moon that's so exciting (laughs) it's so exciting okay so in november 2024 i think that we're doing like a loop around and then they're going back to actually go to the moon in, in 2025 go us go us and like not only that but this is a four-person crew, and it will have the first woman, the first person of color, and the first Canadian to go to the Oh moon. my goodness! Hello, exciting? diversity! Isn't it great? Wow. Okay. So it's called, like, the mission is called Artemis 2. Such a good name. Isn't it fun? I wonder what happened to Artemis 1. <laughs> Do you want me to look it up real quick? What if it's bad? Well, then we just won't add it in. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so it looks like Artemis 1 was an uncrewed mission that was just sort of like the first test run for this mission. I love it when you do my research for me. Thank you, this is called teamwork. (laughs) Okay, so the commander is Reed Wiseman. Hmm. Um, The pilot is Victor Glover. 
The mission specialist one is Christina Koch. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, I admire you very much. The mission specialist two is Jeremy Hansen, and he's a Canadian. And like Hansen. Yeah. So we have NASA and like us can- Canadians are CSA. CSA. Yeah. Canadian Safety Announcement. No. Canadian Certified. Space. Space. Oh. <laughs> space. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> Sorry. Association. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really cute. <laughs> so that's like so exciting, and I'm so excited for them. And I hope, like, we can probably find like a live stream or something to watch this launch. Mm-hmm. We should. We should have like a moon night. Wait, record ourselves we? watching our the first moon landing. Can we? And then like have like a space podcast. I would die of happiness. <laughs> Wait, I'm like actually so down. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Okay, okay. it's happening. It's what happening. Book off time in November 2024. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was my first topic. That is so exciting. <laughs> it was very short, but I thought it was fun to talk about because we yeah. did a moon one. It's so appropriate. Thank you so much for doing that one. And they're breaking so many like barriers with this one. Yes. You know? And it's awesome. Thank you, NASA and the CSA. It doesn't sound like a space thing. No, it doesn't. It sounds like safety announcement. <laughs> <laughs> also, is it pronounced ksa? It must, right? <laughs> or just sa? That sounds like, cooler. It does, because like you can't have like NASA and then the CSA. It has to have like a cool thing. Absolutely, right? yeah. that's like a, a must, you know? Yeah, that's the whole reason people go to space for the acronym. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows that. <laughs> I'm not sure the best way to do this. I'm really sorry. Okay. My overarching theme is the ocean, apart from one topic. Because I saw it and was like, okay, well, we're talking about this, obviously. And also, fun, I'm going to throw in a fun fact here. Did you know that the Hawaiians have a lizard god? I did not. <laughs> Me that neither. That is so fun. Right? I it's quite that. surprising. I didn't know that about that culture, that they had they treasured lizards. Well, we did a whole podcast on it. I know. I can't believe we missed that yeah. part. <laughs> What's up with that? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Is he shaped like a lizard? You know what? That's a great question. <laughs> I actually don't know that. They do have two shark gods. Oh, why two? I don't actually know. Since we've started off on the Hawaiians, I'm going to just briefly do the topic thing. So, Hawaiian culture seems to have a real presence for the ocean in their culture. So, like, when I was growing up, I heard a lot of things like, you never turn your back on the ocean, which is partially because the ocean is very dangerous and you just don't do that, but also because it's, like, a respect thing. Okay. So, like, they, it's like the ocean has its own mana and it's, like, alive. And you don't turn your back on something that's alive that you respect, right? Okay. Yeah. And um, there is a god called really sorry god i think your name is kanaloa he has a few like titles but one of them is the god of oceans and the ruler of mana so they kind of go hand in hand mana's like the life the life that runs through everything right yeah that's so cool right it's really fun so that's the intro to the ocean stuff my first topic, which I don't need to go into right now, is going to be the Namibian fairy circles. That's exciting. I want to hear about this. <laughs> do you want me to go first? I love fairies. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. Tell me. Okay. 
Okay, so Namibian. I'm so sorry if that's wrong. I kept saying it as Nambian, but that's not it. It's Namibia. (laughs) Namibia. It's a country on the southwest coast of Africa, and it seems to not be super highly populated, but due to its deserts and landscape, it's apparently quite the travel destination. It's also one of the driest areas in the world. So as an example, (laughs) in BC... The rainfall that we get averages between 320 to 4,100 millimeters of rain, but in Namibia, they only get between 70 to 120 millimeters. So it's quite dry. Yeah. Yeah. It's in South Africa? Yeah. Okay. On the southwest coast of Africa. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so there is a bit of a difference between your, like, typical fairy rings and the fairy circles because they look slightly different in comparison. I'm kind of thinking that we will possibly probably talk more in detail about the North American fairy rings in a later episode, (laughs) so I'm kind of not going to talk much about them here. (laughs) Just briefly explain, it's generally like a strange circle of typically mushrooms that appear in like a forest. The fairy circles in Namibia, they're going to look a little bit different because it's a desert. So picture this, you have your desert, it's kind of sparsely covered in like grassy sort of sprouts or something, Um, and they're mostly ununiformed because can uniformed things happen in the desert? I don't know. In my notes here I said that it looks like troll hair, so picture just troll hair that's green coming sporadically out of the ground. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Now, instead of the grasses sort of forming a ring, it kind of just looks like there's a center where all the life has been sucked out of. Mm. (laughs) So there's like an empty circle instead of like a ring. That's kind of cool. Right? It's Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of these circles, they all can look really different. Some are as large as potentially up to 65 feet in diameter, which is big. That's really big. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a crater. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I saw it in two sites. So, I mean, you know, and there's pictures. I don't know. They look profesh. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) These circles sprinkle the desert fairly ununiformly for miles. It covers like the entire desert. So... Do you have pictures? I do have pictures. Yes. Oh, wow. That's so weird. I like I like... (laughs) Because when you see, like, a fairy circle here, it's, like, mm-hmm. usually there's, like, one, and then it's that that's on its own. It. But those mm-hmm. are, like, really close together. Yeah. This is maybe a better picture, too, because you can see how many there are. They're, like, everywhere. Oh, yeah. They're, like, they are the entire desert, it looks like. Only in this one area, though? I mean, only in this, like, huge area of desert. <laughs> but, like, this one country? Um, I think it's also found in... Not exactly the same thing, but there's a similar something going on somewhere in Australia, I think, that scientists were trying to research between these circles and the Australian circles, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but there's different theories, and there's some tea between the scientists that are trying to decipher it, and they're like, no, this person's wrong, and the other scientist's like, well, they clearly don't know what they're talking about. Tea? (laughs) I love tea. It's like respectful tea. I mean, they're just expressing their opinions Mm. they're not saying things like this person's dumb you know because that would be rude and unprofessional (laughs) (laughs) wow 
Yeah. It really looks, there's some pictures that make it seriously look like a crater. Like I think this might be one of the larger ones and it just looks like a crater. I don't that even is know so what's going weird. on, but it's somehow that's some type of vegetation in there. I don't know. <laughs> that's wild because it, like, it does look like a crater, but it's not like it's right? being pelted with meteorites more than anywhere else is. Exactly. Hmm. Yes. Weird. And it's, it's not like there's no entrenchment. It's just flat like everywhere else. It's weird. Look at look up pictures. Wow. Like for real. You'll be in awe. That is so cool. Right? So I can understand why it's a tourist destination because, I mean... I want to go there. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some like recent articles that have come out about this in like the past two years. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. <laughs> when scientists were first trying to figure out what's going on, it seems that when this place gets some rainfall, vegetation will like grow like will sprout in the center of the circles but it won't last longer than at least a few weeks but it will outside the circle it will outside the circle just not in that is so weird but it will grow it's not like the soil is like so like awful that nothing grows ever right yeah that is so weird right i'm gonna move on to the theories okay Mm -hmm. one theory is on the land there's a local legend that these are actually footprints left behind by the gods. So I'm assuming that because it's like sacred ground, that's why nothing stays there. Because typically you want to preserve sacred spaces, Mm -hmm. right? There's a more reasonable one, which is that it's termites underground. Wouldn't that be easy for them to figure out though? Well, see, it would be. And there's one scientist, I'm sure there's more than one scientist that firmly believes that there's just an underground termite colony in every single circle. And that they've set up boundaries for their territory, which is why they never go outside of the circle because there's another termite colony living, like, right next door, really close by. <laughs> right. I don't know that I believe in that one. I mean, I'm sure... they see, they'd find the termites, right? Right? Termite colonies probably grow after a period of time. You know, they'll probably grow enough that they have to expand or something. Yeah. Which would explain why there's one colony up to 65 feet in diameter, but that's humongous and horrifying, and (laughs) I don't think I want to believe in that one. (laughs) The reasoning with this is like a widely believed theory is because they'll just sort of eat the vegetation that's nearest to them, which would be the inside of the circle. Mm -hmm. So another theory is, is it's survival of the fittest plant. Because it's so dry and plants can communicate with each other. Mm Um, they'll be like, hey guys, let's take from the center, or let's take from over here, and then they all reach their roots there, and then anything that's under there that's currently on top is just not going to be able to survive, because it's being, like, killed by <laughs> the other oh, plants that are trying to survive. That's interesting. It's kind of morbid, but also, do, I mean, how how alive are plants? How many brain cells do they have? <laughs> More than me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Honestly. I'd love to be able to um, photosynthesize. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Another reason that this theory is kind of believable is when they look at this sort of pattern in other climates, they kind of do a similar sort of pattern with their sparseness. Just looks the same Mm -hmm. on an eye's glance, I guess. And also, sometimes it can appear in stripes instead of circles, which are called gap patterns. It would look so fun. Imagine pictures there. Wow. (laughs) 
that's so weird right (laughs) yeah like why is it doing that it makes more sense though to do that i feel like than to do the circle thing yeah right yeah i don't know i think so (laughs) from logic it just it just feels like it (laughs) okay so we have another theory that's is it toxic remains are there toxic remains in those parts of the soil which is why there's desolate circles so apparently when they test uh, tested a few of the center circles the circle centers english (laughs) yeah (laughs) circle centers (laughs) it came back that the top few inches of soil didn't retain as much moisture as the outer circle or as the outer part of the circle and also that the inner soil's microbiome is worse off which i feel like makes sense if it doesn't get a lot of water and there's no plants there Mm -hmm. but they said that there is or the theory goes that there is a plant that exists elsewhere currently that's called the euphorbia which is a cute name for a plant Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it contains a toxic latex so had this plant lived in namibia um at one point in time and then the conditions got so bad that it could no longer survive when it perished it would have left behind traces of this toxic latex that would have made the ground not survivable for anything else well why would it only grow in a circle i think the theory is that there would only be one plant in each okay i don't really know it's kind of confusing to me or that there was one plant but like including its roots are toxic so when it dies it just toxifies the whole surrounding like five feet right. <laughs> around it or something that's cool but toxic latex <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing i didn't know latex In came plants. from plants me neither i guess science is hard does. well not everything comes no. from plants. <laughs> a lot of things do like, the actually, majority no. of things in life come from plants <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. No, it's okay. We haven't eaten enough food. No, that's true. I can't even blame alcohol. Wow. Maybe all we need is, like, caffeine to get a little, like, buzz, you know? (laughs) That's sad. We're getting older. We are. (laughs) Rapidly. (laughs) Rapidly deteriorating. (laughs) Okay, there's only two more points left. So this is potentially another local legend that there once was or possibly still is, a dragon that lives underground that blows bubbles from under the earth. Oh, that's my favorite theory Isn't ever a good of anything. One? Right? Blows bubbles? Yeah. Like, okay. Bubbles. I'm not exactly sh- I don't really understand the physics of this one. <laughs> but, like, it's a dragon, so they can do whatever they want. They can. And they should. <laughs> they should. I yeah. mean, if you're a dragon, like, go for it, man. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and, of course, it could also be aliens. Mm-hmm. It could be either a termite kind of alien that crash landed, or it could just be that aliens are testing these specific spots in the desert. Who knows? What if it's like this area's version of a crop circle? Oh, stop. Why wasn't that a theory? Internet, do better. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I like that so much better. It makes sense, right? It totally does. Instead of using corn, they're using what's there. Oh, no. What did they... (laughs) Why did I say corn? (laughs) I mean, they often are found in corn, but I guess they're also found in other things, though. Like grass. And wheat. And wheat. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently desert circles. Actually, I think you cropped it. I think it probably is like a crop circle. Yeah. 
like I don't we don't know what causes crop circles, but they could be like landing. That could be like their landing. This is where they go for their meetings. They all go to Namibia in the middle of the night. That's why there's so many of them close together. And then they just oh all land in their little space. And one of them's like gigantic, 65 feet. He's a mothership. Wow. And somehow they're so technology advanced, that technologically advanced, that they can just land in exactly the same spot every time. Exactly. It's like a parking stall. It's like it is a parking <laughs> stall. Namibia is a parking lot for aliens. You're blessed. No, <laughs> I wish we were. I'm just like, I'm ready. <laughs> Take my house. Just land on it's me. It's not mine. Literally, I'll be your landing strip. I promise. <laughs> that was so fun. Thank you for figuring out what's going on over there. I have never heard of that before. Mm. Like ever. Me neither. <laughs> That's wild. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kind of thought it was fake. Like. You know how sometimes you'll stumble across sites that are clearly based off of a video game? Mm, okay. <laughs> Thankful it wasn't. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Wow. My next, my first topic, my first full topic. Your full topic. Is about some jelly blobs. Love the name. Okay. Amazing. So, on August 7th, 1994, something very strange began to occur early in the morning in the small town of Oakville, Washington. <gasps> Dun-dun. A mysterious substance, not rain, not snow, not slush, started falling from the sky. Oakville is tiny, with only a population of around 700 at the time, and the strange substance quickly covered the entire 20 square miles of this town. Oh, that sounds bad. So the blobs were small and clear, made of like a jelly-like consistency, similar to jello, according to police officer (laughs) David Lacey, who was on patrol when the blobs started to fall. Rain is not uncommon in this area, so it was around 3 a.m. when he finally noticed something odd about the so-called rain. Mm. His windshield wipers were rendered useless by the goo, forcing Ew. him goo, <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> forcing him to pull over to a local gas station where he was able to examine them further. At first, he wasn't all that worried. It was just a strange fluke. But then he began to feel sick. No! <laughs> oh no! And he wasn't the only one. Many others throughout the town also reported flu-like symptoms in the days and weeks that followed. So residents reported fatigue, nausea, vertigo, and some were even hospitalized. And unfortunately, the sickness also spread to the animal population, causing many to pass away. So a woman named Dottie Hearn pushed her doctor to have these blobs tested. She was one of the ones who got, like, really sick with this. So her doctor, David Little eventually agreed even though he was hesitant at first he kind of just thought it was a normal flu um and he Mm. discovered or thought he discovered that the cells contained human white blood cells like the blobs cells yes oh no so the blobs were made he thought out of human white blood cells no 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 this is the kind of blood cell that fights sickness put that on hold okay putting on hold (laughs) so Unfortunately, further testing by the Washington State's Department of Ecology would show that the cells actually contained no nuclei, which means that they couldn't have been white blood cells. So I don't know what this doctor was on about, (laughs) (laughs) but he was wrong. Okay, well, mm -hmm. I mean, he tried at least. He did try. Good job. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) So instead it was discovered that these blobs actually contained two different types of bacteria. I'm going to butcher this. Pseudomonas fluorescence and Enterobacter cloacae. You sounded great. Thank you. 
I'm not going to try to fix it. <laughs> so the first is gen- generally thought to be harmless, but the second is usually harmless, but can potentially be a pathogen. And it's found in the human gut and it can cause respiratory illnesses like mm. flu-like symptoms, right? Oh, shoot. Although it is quite uncommon. So they found that the blobs contained actually many cells of different sizes, but they contained no nucleus, which means that it could not have been from a human. It was concluded that the cells could have come from a dead creature, but not a human being. Ew. Before any more testing could be done, the samples disappeared. What does that mean? Either they were just lost due to random error, or they were disappeared intentionally. Oh my gosh! Suspicious. So the jelly rain would fall five more times in the three weeks that followed, but no one has ever drawn a satisfactory conclusion. That is so much for rain blob, jelly blob rain to fall. Yeah, in this one little 20, 20 mile area. Yeah. Yeah. So one theory is that they are actually pieces of jellyfish, as the military was bombing the ocean around this time, around 50 miles away. What? Yeah. So, like, could they have, like, traveled 50 miles somehow? I don't know That's, about that. Okay, well, uh, all right. <laughs> Many citizens of the town believe that they could have also been a victim of biological weapons testing by the military. But of course, said military denied that this was the case. They kind of legally have to, right? Yeah, it's not like they're going to be like, yeah, we were poisoning you to test military devices. (laughs) Thank you for being part of our experiment. (laughs) So Dr. Little, who initially um, tested these blobs wrongly. (laughs) That's too much shade. I'm sorry. He's fine. Um, He did his best. He did his best. He probably had limited resources in this town of 700 people. So true. Um, He believed that they could have been caused by waste being discharged from airplanes. Gross. That's terrible. I don't like that. That's really terrible. It would explain why it made people and animals sick, as it would have contained (laughs) antifreeze. And, you know, obviously it's... That's bad. Gross. Yeah, that's really bad. (laughs) Um, But the Federal Aviation Agency claims that the blobs would have been turned blue, which they weren't. They were completely clear. And also, they didn't contain any human DNA in them. So, the most realistic explanation is called star jelly. (laughs) Okay, it's, we're turning for the better now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is actually a slang term for a substance that can be caused by certain slime molds, frog spawn, algae, or even um, specific types of crystals. Ooh. And legend says that it is actually residue from meteor showers, but there's little evidence for this. Wow, that's that would be cool. <laughs> so that has been seen like all throughout history, but it has never been linked to any illnesses, nor has it ever been seen actually falling from the sky. And we have like an eyewitness, Dave, Dr. or police officer David Lacey, saw it falling from the sky, landing on his windshield. How can no one else see it falling? How is he like the only eyewitness? It was 3 a.m. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. In a town of 700 people, it's people yeah. probably go to bed at like reasonable times, like 10. Yeah. And, like, he initially thought that it was just rain. So if you, like, look out your window and it's raining, it's fine. Whatever. You're yeah, not going to go out keep and investigate. Going. Totally. Yeah. He mm. was, like, the only eyewitness that it was actually falling from the sky. So it's probably not this star jelly, which is also kind of, you know, suspicious, <laughs> curious, <laughs> mysterious, I might say. <laughs> so no one has ever, like, come up with a satisfactory explanation as to what this was. That is crazy. I've never heard this. It's cool, right? Oh my gosh. Wow. Do you have to live in a small town for it to happen? We live in a small town. I don't think it's ever 
never been like seen anywhere things have fallen from the sky and like weirdly in other places like frogs because they get caught up in like the wind cycle you know really yeah like if there's like a tornado nearby oh okay i don't know okay that makes that makes more sense if there's like a big big serious wind happening somewhere but that wasn't the case in this area i Mm. think it could have been aliens and it could have been alien goo (laughs) (laughs) i second that actually wow Mm-hmm. We have two theories so far that are aliens. <laughs> that as far as I can go with the aliens for my theories, but it's fun. I like it. I like it. Hopefully the aliens don't repeat that test too much no. because it seems to be a terrible, terrible test that needs to not happen ever again. No humans died, but animals did. Well, animals are arguably the better humans. <laughs> <laughs> arguably. You're so right. <laughs> so yeah, that's the jelly blobs. I love the jelly blobs. They're amazing. Actually, I don't like them. I just like the name. <laughs> the name's fun, yeah. The name is fun. The actuality is not it. No. I'm going to return to the ocean theme now. Mm-hmm. First ocean um, conspiracy is, do you happen to remember in high school, briefly, hearing the name the bloop? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's probably still around today. Like, people still probably talk about it today because mm-hmm. there's. I've seen a lot of weird conspiracy videos that have like the bloops picture that are coming up today but i don't i mean i'm assuming that they know what it is (laughs) so do you how much do you remember about the bloop it was like the sound that was heard underwater Mm -hmm. people speculate that it could have been anything from like a whale to aliens to like an ice quake yeah yeah okay well that's my topic (laughs) (laughs) these are the theories (laughs) sorry that's okay I think I saw something about it literally the other day. So it's like fresh in my mind. We're so in sync. I love that. (laughs) So to go into more detail, (laughs) it is a sound recorded in 1997 um, in the Southern Pacific Ocean. And it's estimated that the uh, origin of the sound and the recording device were about 3,219 kilometers apart. Which is really far apart. Mm. And it still recorded the sound super clear and super like loud and long. Yeah. <laughs> Please just go look it up like the Namibian fairy circles. Yeah. You have homework today. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so this sound technically is around a minute long, but it got its name, the bloop, after it was played at a 16 times speed, where it sounds like a bloop. I don't think I knew that real oh my gosh yes so it was like a minute long come through information yeah so probably what i've heard is just like the the like five second version okay. <laughs> yeah that's all the info okay. on the bloop so we're gonna go right into the theories so in 2005 it's reported that the noaa or the noahs i think i don't know if they refer to themselves as that but acronyms are going to be spoken today <laughs> um so Noah's Pimmel team. <laughs> the what? <laughs> I said that and I didn't look at the next acronym, which is hard to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's um, Noah's P-M-E-L, which is Pimmel. <laughs> Pimmel. Um, it stands for Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratory Team. Pimmel? <laughs> 
<laughs> no. They refer to themselves as... Oh, the Noah Pumul team. The what? <laughs> the Noah Pumul team. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, the Noah Pumul team. That's correct. We're so taking glad- way too long this. <laughs> I'm so glad you're getting this. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's in 2005 that they reportedly heard the sound again near Antarctica and determined that... It came from a large iceberg breaking away, which, as you mentioned, is called an ice quake. This is the most appeared theory. But what if it's not? Should this have come from a being in the ocean? Would have been a massive, massive being. Are you okay? I got, like, goosebumps when you said that I had to put my feet off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so scared of the ocean. Any deep water is so scary. I was actually thinking about this today. If I could live forever and have no consequences, I would love to explore the ocean. I would never. I could With no consequences. I'd never die. <laughs> oh, still no. I'm so scared. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I saw a video the other day of how deep the ocean can get. It's crazy. It yeah. Can get deep. Yeah, I think the deepest part is named after Hades. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. so scary. Yeah, it's like it's like intense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I just love the ocean. It's terrifying, but it's amazing. <laughs> so this ocean being, this huge ocean being, we're going to return to this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been, you know, this is an estimate because obviously we can't prove this now. Um, it would have been maybe like 705 feet in length, and, which is roughly like seven blue whales in length. Certain characteristics of the sound kind of resemble, you know, the sound whales make. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're um, giving blue whale dimensions. Okay, and th- there's one more theory that I have here. Now, unfortunately, and kind of also suspiciously, um, Google um, and other search engines um, don't really want to show any sort of articles that correlate the blue to um, aliens. <laughs> <gasps> Yeah, I really aliens. tried. I really tried. I even went on Reddit and I was like, come on, Reddit has like everything. Mm-hmm. It was really suspicious. So I unfortunately don't have any articles. I even tried to look up any articles relating to alien activity around the Southern Pacific Ocean, because that's where this is, I think. Yeah, Southern Pacific Ocean in 1997. Nothing. Really? <laughs> like nothing came up. Yeah, so I don't know what to do with that information. But I don't have anything, I don't have any real, I don't have anything to back up the fact that I think that it was again an alien. <laughs> Sorry. Oh <my> <laughs> Underwater aliens. That's a whole episode that we should do. It is a whole episode that we should so do. It's scary. <laughs> it is scary. I agree. What if it was a kraken? Krakens are real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, hot take, but like, yeah, I agree. I mean... The megalodon is real. Also a hot take, but I I can agree with that. I will fight for the megalodon. Last breath. Have you seen the Meg? <laughs> I've seen none of them. I've seen no shark horror movies. Oh, we should watch the Meg. It's, I would be down. I don't even good. think I've seen Jaws, to be honest with you. I don't think I have either. Should we do a shark horror marathon? <laughs> Sharknado? Oh my gosh. Sharknado. <laughs> There's like four Sharknados, isn't there? Or like at least three. Is there? Is it even worth watching past the first one? No. No. There's also one like 47 meters down or something. Oh, yeah, that one. It's actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah, there's a plot twist. Love a plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) We could watch that. Oh, we should do... That would be so fun. Okay, we have so many plans. Shark-themed movie night. I'm adding it to my bullet journal. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
today we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. That is so cool. Right? It's like crazy that I, I think like literally today or yesterday, I saw something about the bloop. And they were like, it's an ice quake. And I was like, you said so many things and I disagree. Yes. Because ice quakes all the time. Why is this one so crazy? We would have seen like an actual like ice fall. Yeah, and we would have probably been able to like fully record the sound at least one more time instead of just being like, oh, we're recording close to Antarctica. And this is like kind of similar originating from Antarctica. Yeah. It's not nearly as far away as the other one, but it's obviously the same. Yeah, because like ice falls all the time. I don't know what it sounds like. That seems like a government cover up. Literally, okay, the reason for my disclosure is because I have so many cover-ups. Everything is a government cover-up. Oh my god! The government lies to us about everything. Air isn't real. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's not one of my topics. So I'm going to tell you about the tizzy wizzy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so around the year 1900, there were a lot of tourists around the Lake District in England. Oh, oh, tizzy, tizzy wizzy. <laughs> you say it like that from now on. We're gonna be cancelled by Britain. Please, I love you. <laughs> Don't cancel us. Um, side note, Taylor Swift has a really great song. My favorite song ever is called The Lakes, and it's about the Lake District in England. Oh, really? It's so good. Oh it's my so gosh. Good. I love it. Go listen to Aww. it. I insert it here. Get cancelled. You <laughs> <laughs> get sued by Taylor Swift. One way or another. Highlight of my life. <laughs> Isn't her nickname like T Swizzle? Isn't that like a thing? I always I call her that. T Swizzle, Tizzle, Wizzle, Swizzle. It was meant to be. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Tizzy Wizzy is Taylor Swift confirmed. Oh, sh- it's Tizzy with a T. Oh no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't put this in. We could get canceled over this part. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Taylor Swift. I'm in love with you. Marry Please. me. <laughs> gonna say please send concert tickets please <laughs> but please marry send. me is a much better request okay i'm gonna move on <laughs> so um around 1900 there were a lot of tourists around the lake district in england and there was a boatman who lived there who wanted to take advantage of the money that these tourists were bringing hmm. with them but he wasn't sure how so he headed down over to the local pub to think it over and have a drink great spot Yes, that's where you go when you want to think about things. Obviously. Deep thoughts. So he noticed a group of London tourists and decided to go over and talk to them. One of the young women asked about any local legends, to which the man responded with the story of the Tizzy Wizzy. In this area, if you hold your ear to the ground, you could eventually start to hear squeaking noises. And if you're especially lucky, you could actually even see the Tizzy Wizzy fly past you faster than a speeding bullet. So the man... Savvy offered to take them on a boat tour in search of this elusive creature, and they met him the next morning by the water. Ooh. So the group put their ears to the ground until one of them claimed to hear the squeaking noises, to which the boatman responded that he had seen it heading to a nearby island. And then the group was a little bit skeptical, because <laughs> they hadn't seen this. So the boatman told them of another skill the Tizzy Wizzy has, the ability to swim underwater. Oh my goodness. Mm. So after paying the fee for the boat ride, the group headed off to the island in pursuit of the Tizzy Wizzy, and I don't think they ever found it. Oh, well. Oddly enough. Oddly enough, that is strange. (laughs) Apparently later, using ginger biscuits and warm milk, (laughs) the boatman lured the Tizzy Wizzy to his friend's photo studio where they captured a picture of the creature. (laughs) I'm sorry. They took 
What? He lured it, trapped it in a photo studio? So this is not like a Bigfoot situation. No, I will okay. show you a picture. The picture that Oh they got. my goodness, please. So the creature escaped and flew through the open window. So the only evidence that we have is this picture. Which, if I can, I will post to our Instagram. <laughs> but if not, just go look it up. <laughs> um, he's cute, right? He's, I love his wings they look they look really quite something (laughs) so the creature has the body of a hedgehog the wings and antenna of a dragonfly or bee and the tail of a squirrel oh squirrel tail squirrel tail Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they printed thousands of these photos and sold them on tours and the tours still go on today with tourists and local alike captured in the fantasy of it all Wow. And to this day, even though it was almost for sure a story made up by the boatman to sell tickets, <laughs> some still claim to have seen the Tizzy Wizzy. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, great marketing. Wings look like, like dragonfly wings, which would be poked with a hedgehog's body. They would be. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't need to go into that much detail. Also, I love how they actually... They knew that they were going to capture this thing. So they had already written out the exact name and had it pose right on top of the name. Like, that's so impressive. They I were mean, prepared. They're really talented um, yeah. fishermen. <laughs> fishermen with land animals. I don't know. They knew exactly how to lure him in. Ginger biscuits and warm milk. Warm milk, oddly enough, is something that's said to lure fairies. Which are also oh. said to be seen in the Lake District in England. <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> um, It's your turn. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. It's your turn. Oh. I'm going to get more water. Okay. <laughs> I'm already talking too fast. <laughs> wow. Like high energy is right now. Right this moment. I'm going to talk to you about, first of all, one of my favorite facts that I've ever found out about life ever. I found this fact out in high school, and it's been literally my favorite thing ever since. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, but this fact exists. It's my favorite thing ever. (laughs) It just is so happy. My second topic is a fact that has plagued me because I have never understood it ever, and I needed to. And it sucks, and I still don't get it, and I don't (laughs) explain it. But I'm going to try. Wait, give me... Okay, so we have two facts. That's correct. One is the best and one is the worst. That's correct. And both of them have haunted you for your whole life. Oh my gosh, they have stuck with me forever. (laughs) They have been a part of me. This is so intense. I'm really just... I'm really just letting you into my real soul right now. Okay, I'm so excited. Okay, so... You might know this because I probably told you because I tried to tell everyone as soon as I found out. (laughs) Okay. Fish. Fish. Do you know about fish? (laughs) I'm familiar. Okay, good. So fish can be ultraviolet and bioluminescent? (laughs) Now let's break these down one by one. (laughs) I need to be serious. I need to be serious. What am I doing? (laughs) Serious stuff right now. Okay, there's this one documentary that I watched in like 2017 changed my life from then i tried so hard to find it and i can't um so just watch you'll know about it when you see it it's it literally documents the scientists 
like shining like a black light underwater and being like oh, everything's ultraviolet what it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's just it's just the best documentary ever if you ever find it you need to send it to me oh i absolutely will <laughs> i will from now on there's so many underwater documentaries i really tried really? i swear to you that i tried to find it <laughs> i think I, I think i saw it on youtube first and oh gosh YouTube is the hub for underwater documentaries. There's so many. YouTube is bopping. It's a place to be. It's, if you're into underwater stuff, go to YouTube. <laughs> I tried to recall parts of this documentary from memory. So it's maybe not accurate because it's been like five years, six years. Okay. So like I said, oh, I actually explained it already. They, um, through the course of the documentary, they're going down. They're like, wow, the reef is so cool and so pretty and everything has its place. And like, wow. And then I don't remember if one of them was like, what happens when we bring different things underwater? And then they brought a black light and we're like, oh my gosh, everything is ultraviolet and reflects. Are we allowed to do that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming so. so. No, there's light. So there's, it, it's just light. I, I broke it down in the sciencey stuff section of my notes here, so when I get there, I'll do my best to explain how it works. But okay. the rays, these are rays that naturally come from the sun. Ultraviolet rays naturally come from the sun, but we can't see it because our eyes are not advanced. Uh, it's expected, so right? Oh, <laughs> it is sad, actually. <laughs> but thankfully, through technology, we've adapted. We've adapted? We've um, designed black lights, which actually can help us see these rays. Okay, you're probably going to talk about this, but can other fish see the rays? Yes. Oh my gosh, this, this is why it's life-changing. This is mind-blowing. I know. Oh my gosh, my favorite science fact. It will forever be my favorite science fact. That is so cool. I but know. Like- okay, this is a little side note. I actually forgot what the, what the correct science term for what the fish are is. So I started typing in bioluminescent and then found out that some fish are also bioluminescent. Like, not just the plankton that lights up the beach on the shore. Like, you know when oh. the water, like, glows? Yeah. Fish glow, too. Yeah, not all fish. Not, but a lot of, like, 80% really? of fish. They glow? Yeah. When? Whenever they want. Whenever they... It's I mean, it's in my notes. <laughs> yes! Okay. They're, Wait, like, really? they're so powerful that they can harness the glow and make it happen whenever they want. Oh my gosh! Yes! Why is this important? It's it's important because, like we just talked about, no one thought, like, why would you think that fish have special eyes that can see all of these light spectra- spectrum waves that we can't see, but they can, because why would they be ultraviolet reflective if they didn't see that way in their normal eyes? Like, wow. And coral, a lot of coral also is ultraviolet reflective. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Look up ultraviolet fish. You will be... Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Is it all fish or just like certain fish? It's, I think it's all fish. If we go to the, the like lake near us. Oh, I don't know if it's like freshwater fish. Okay. It's probably freshwater fish. I mean, they're not that different from like ocean water fish, saltwater fish. Mm, wait, just one moment. Yes. Okay, so like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like when you go to a pet store. They have, like, the wall of fish, right? And then some of them glow. Is that ultraviolet light? Yeah, they have, like, a black light in the tank. Like, they do that for some um, beta fish? Or is that the fun, like, frilly fish? Yeah. Yeah, they do that sometimes with beta fish. And then they look really, like, wow. Yeah, but then you take them out and it's just, like, a fish. Yeah. Marketing. Okay, when I was looking this up, 
they have genetically designed a fish that just glows all the time and that's so sad and you can buy them and they're real like live fish we should i think they're called glow fish yeah it's it's it made me really sad (laughs) so that's the sad fact of the podcast but moving on (laughs) they're still alive and i think they are okay but they just wouldn't survive in the wild no (laughs) no neither would i though so I barely survive in captivity. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest here. I am struggling right now. Okay, this is cool. I know. I know. It's so... Oh my gosh. It makes me feel good on the inside. Okay, so... um, (laughs) My notes here got wild because I was so excited to talk about this. (laughs) I will... Any chance that I can tell someone about this, like, realistically... Amazing. I love it. This is so exciting because, like, think about all the stuff that we don't know about fish and other things because we've never tried bringing a black light to things. Like, what? That is so cool. <laughs> we should just, like, get a black light and wander around the neighborhood. When we go for nightly walks, <laughs> <laughs> I am down. <laughs> okay, so as far as human and glowing, humans and glowings go, if you go to, like, a glow-in-the-dark, like... You went glow-in-the-dark bowling once. Um, The only things that really glow is like maybe the whites of your nails, the whites of your eyes, and your teeth. So as you might have seen, if you've looked up photos of ultraviolet reflective fish by now, they kind of have just markings all over. It's not just like, you know, a stripe or anything. It's just kind of all over. And different fish typically have different markings. So it's sometimes said that maybe that's how fish identify other fish. Like if they have like a special mate or something, they're like, oh, my my mate and his markings. This is mine. That's sweet. Right? It's so cute. Aww, it's like emo. faces. Faces, but it's ultraviolet reflective scales or they something. They should do Finding Nemo and like redo it, like remaster it with the ultraviolet colors. Oh my gosh. Pixar? Who did that? Disney. Hello, it was, creators. It was it was Pixar. Hello, Pixar. Please do this. Um, I'm really quickly going to try and explain what ultraviolet light works. So there's the light spectrum, right? There's the visible light spectrum. Um, Ultraviolet light has shorter wavelengths than visible light. So it's not detectable by our normal human eye. Darn it. Okay. So these rays are naturally emitted from the sun. Um, And as you mentioned, if you take a black light, it helps helps you see them. Right. Yeah. Um, So technically, it's a form of radiation, which this is where I was like, I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) Because radiation and, like, the light spectrum, I don't know, but they're kind of somehow related, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Science (laughs) is hard. I have so many science books, and I can't make sense of any of it. (sighs) So how it supposedly works, dumbed down, is it's technically a form of typically safe radiation that can cause a chemical reaction in some surfaces which makes them look like they're glowing okay i don't know interesting i don't know how anything works this might be dumb mm-hmm. but because it's from like the the sun does mm-hmm. that mean that like the animal or the fish that are at the top of the water glow differently or more or less than the ones that are deeper Yes. So yeah, the water water reflects refracts light differently. So the 
there was a video that went around recently that they took like a bunch of colors of something and then they went deeper and deeper and the colors changed and they got the greens got brighter and the, what are you looking at? I saw at? this video. Like, yeah, I know. Yesterday. It's, yeah, like same. I saw it on like three days ago. Wild. Is, do I get information before you get it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start texting me when you see the link cool. I'll just send it immediately. You'll just be bombarded <laughs> with ocean stuff. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Okay. So like <clears throat> sharks are mm-hmm. mammals. Okay. So do they glow? Yes. Some can glow, I think. So it has to do with being in the water, not so much. So I think typically it's kind of like a, I'm not, okay, I'm, this part I'm not positive about. Okay. But I think that it's partially like a prey situation, like a prey defense, and like an I- identifiable defense. Or like an identifiable thing. Okay. Like a face. Okay, so it's like like a shark could be swimming and then see like a glow and be like, that's a food? Probably. Or it could be swimming and see, like, a face and be like, oh, this is my friend. Or this is another shark that's not my friend. Oh, fish are friends. I actually don't know if sharks glow. I think it's um, approximately, like, I want to say 80% of fish are ultraviolet. I wonder if they would, like, if the shark sees us and if we glow to the shark. Oh, my gosh. I don't think we do. Because we're lame. Do you think that if we went in the water and just opened your eyes super big and, like, grind our teeth that we because that's the parts that like glow under a black light for us so that would appear as ultraviolet to the shark so we're smiling or are we intimidating Uh, are we intimidating (laughs) (laughs) are we ever intimidating i don't know okay so i do not have a um a real a real percentage of ultraviolet fish but it's the majority of coral reef of reef fish and of also corals well we don't even know how many fish are in the ocean it's so true and we see new ones all the time yeah like what is going on in the world that's all i have on ultraviolet stuff but like for real look it up oh my gosh it will make your day so much better okay now i'm gonna blow your mind with bioluminescent what (laughs) okay that's just like glow glow it's glow yeah it's typically like a blue glow or, no, it's typically like a greeny glow, but sometimes it's a blue glow, and sometimes it's also like an orange glow. There's certain types of like ocean-dwelling creatures that can orange glow. I think there's it's only one type of like jellyfish or something that specifically glows orange, and it's called like the dragon fire or something. I don't know. Alrighty, ultraviolet, right? It's a reaction to certain wavelengths. Bioluminescence is when a living organism can produce light or a glow on its own like what Mm. okay so it's estimated this one i have an estimate (laughs) about 80 to 90 percent of all marine life is actually bioluminescent which is a ton of marine life that's bioluminescent even some sharks can produce bioluminescence on their own wow this is insane are you serious (laughs) i am so serious much like a lot of the ocean this is still being studied as well i feel like this is I mean, this the first documentary that I talked about, it was not that old when I saw it in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was like within the past five years that it came out. Okay. All of this is new. The deeper you go, the more bioluminescence you'll see. Um, and there's, you probably all, all, all of you listening, I'm sure, know that one big ugly fish called the anglerfish, I think, that dangles the bioluminescent light in front of its face. Yeah. And it's like a lure, right? It is a lure. 
So it can either be used to lure prey or to scare away prey. In order to do this bioluminescent thing, the species has to contain a molecule that's called luciferin, which sounds like Lucifer, which is frightening. Now, this molecule reacts with oxygen to create a glow. That's cool. Right? That's neat. (laughs) I know. So they're still researching this. So what we know so far is that it seems like there's sort of two ways that animals can do this. One, they can either control their reaction. So when they sense it in the water, they can just be like, bam, it's here. So how I like to think of their ability to control this is similar to how we can blink. It's just super simple and they can do it without thinking. Right. Because they're intelligent beings. They're Anyways, aliens. They are aliens. That's actually the whole point of my whole spiel here is that <laughs> oceans are aliens. The whole ocean <laughs> itself is just one alien mothership. You're a spook. It is. <laughs> um, now to one up that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Some species have the ability to like pre-package the chemical mixture together and store it and then recall it at whatever point in time they want and combine them together and then it produces the glow that's so cool like why why are you so cool stop it i want to be you when i grow up aliens they are aliens (laughs) it's i'm actually not lying when i say that's the whole point of my thing i was gonna wait to the end to tell you but now we've said it too much and i can't but One thing to note, too, about bioluminescence is that it can sometimes be toxic to humans. So, like, if you see a bioluminescent ocean, like, the actual, like, the, um, I think it's, like, plankton in the ocean that are bioluminescent sometimes, don't touch it. Because it typically means that the ocean is very unhealthy and toxic. But I've seen, like, videos of people, like, run their hands through there. It looks so cool. Yeah, I would definitely do it just to do it and, like, deal with the sickness later. Yeah. But, like, you're not supposed to do it because it's not healthy. The same with the blue-ringed octopus. Oh, my gosh. Their rings glow. Their rings literally glow purple. They're so beautiful and so deadly. Don't touch it. (laughs) Don't touch it. Never. I mean, you can look at it and, like, blow kisses. That's it, though. (laughs) (laughs) That was my whole section on fact number one. Fact number two is the fact that has plagued me because I don't understand it. And I still don't. Okay. I don't know why. Like, the internet is like, I don't know. Maybe I need to actually go to a scientist and be like, help me, please. Like a marine biologist. Like, please help me. Even, I tried when we went to the aquarium that actually only takes, like, mammals that need rehabilitation. And I know this because I looked them up, so I support them. Okay. Yeah, but they even have, like, a whole section on how... It's jellyfish, by the way. They have a whole section on how jellyfish exist. And I still don't get it. This is the fact that it's plagued you, how jellyfish exist? Yes. Okay, honestly, I get it, though. Because, like, we learned about this in school, and they start off as, like, plants. Yeah. And then they're not plants anymore. Yeah. They're technically classified in the same um, class as corals. So somehow they're, like, a coral, but they're not because they're, I don't even know. Like, I don't know, dude. I just don't know. But I'm assuming that there's a ton of people that have no idea how jellyfish work, so... I'm going to confuse you even more. Okay. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Also, this is a good parallel between us. Jellyfish now, because they're not technically fish because they don't have a brain or organs or a heart or like a stomach or like anything. They're just a nothing. They're 95% water. Yeah. 98% water. 95% water. They're being called sea jellies now, which is the same. It's like a parallel to your jelly blobs. That's cool. (laughs) Right? It's cute. Oh. <laughs> I did roughly two hours of research on this, and I'm still confused. 
I just needed to point that out. Um, and so I, this was probably like 11 o'clock at night that I wrote this part in my notes. Um, and I said, I can confirm sea jellies are not real and the way we've come to understand them makes no sense. So more research needs to be done. Thank you. Next. That is your professional opinion. <laughs> that is my absolutely professional opinion. Scientific conclusion drawn by Mia. Stamp. <laughs> Scientists have been studying it since forever, and it took them so long, and you just reached the conclusion that they should have okay. so long ago. Scientists have been studying this forever, but the way that they've come to understand it, like, literally makes no sense. Why would you, like, make it more difficult to understand something than to just understand it in, like, a simple way by then, like, by just, like, creating a different thing for it to exist and be like, this is a different species of whatever, it's not real. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> all classification is fake. Honestly, there are no facts in real life. No facts. I genuinely believe that. Everything is just someone else's opinion. Yeah. That sounds crazy, but I'm being serious. It's and true. I say this a lot. You do. <laughs> it's like the catchphrase at this point. Life's not real. <laughs> You're not real. No. Okay. <laughs> so really the only the, the real question is how do they reproduce? Like what is their lifespan? Hello? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to do my best to really briefly go over it um, and maybe give you some more jelly facts at the end. Let's do this. <laughs> there are three ways that jellyfish can reproduce that I could find. Because we're, we're adults here. We're going to talk about reproduction. So the first is that they, <laughs> this is not an adult way to say this, but they release the needed ingredients into the ocean where they'll eventually find each other. Number two. Gross. <laughs> I know. Ick. Number <laughs> Number two is they split themselves in two or clone themselves. Oh. I think it's more so that if they're, like, split into two, then they just clone themselves like that. I don't think they, like, manually, like, split right. into two. on purpose. Yeah, I don't think that's something anything is designed to do. Like worms. Wor- yeah, yeah, like flatworms. You don't like that. <laughs> Let's move on. They are gross. Yeah. But they're really, they're really adaptive. Respect. <laughs> Be like a flatworm. <laughs> Never let anything take you down. <laughs> Number three is they simply live forever by transdifferentiating and returning themselves to a polyp stage at the beginning of their life. Only one species has ever been known to do this, and it does so when stressed. So you could also be like this species, <laughs> when under high amounts of stress, just revert to a child. It happens. It does. <laughs> okay. We're going to go back to number one now, which is they release their stuff into the ocean. Stuff is the scientific term that we're going with. <laughs> That's correct. I read this on multiple scientific websites. <laughs> so, depending on the species, because uh, there's so many different species that every different species has a different way of doing this. Oh my gosh, it's so confusing. There literally should be just a jelly specialist. That probably is a thing. I should be a jelly specialist. You should. I support you. I would love to do that with my life. Oh my gosh. Um, so depending on the species, they can either be male or female, or both male and female at the same time, or be able to switch between male and female while not being both simultaneously at the same time. Okay. So really, they are like everything. They're, there's no in between, they're everything, depending on species. It's a lot going on right there. Okay, does so, that mean that they could like reproduce with themselves? No. No? No. I'll talk about it when I get to the cloning. Yeah, when I get to the cloning, I'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so once the stuffs have successfully made contact and have turned into, you know, like an embryo, I guess is the equivalent, 
Oh, actually, pardon me. It's we're calling it a form of larva. Larvae? Larva. It's a form of larva that we call a planula. Okay. It's cute. Now, once this planula forms, it begins to descend to the ocean floor. Once it reaches the ocean floor, it kind of settles into there and like attaches itself to a firm surface where it turns into a polyp, which is like a, it ends up growing into like a column. I remember this diagram. Right? Yeah. Right? This part all is familiar. Yes. We <laughs> learned about this. It's mm-hmm. cool. I remember nothing from school. <laughs> school was a waste of time for me. <laughs> um, so while it's in a polyp stage, it actually feeds off of plankton. So it kind of, it's weird. And it's really scary because from some of the videos, it makes it look like the polyps actually can split into like more columns. And it literally, there's one picture of them splitting and growing and splitting and growing. And there's like a huge side of like a, ooh, <laughs> you're making a bad face. Like <laughs> there's a huge side of like a underwater like wall filled with polyps. It's like all over. It looks like mold. It's like mold. You're telling me that's not an alien? It is an alien. (laughs) It totally is an alien. So eventually this polyp will grow enough for the jelly to wriggle free and swim away from the column. And now you have a jelly. A little baby jelly that's called a euphyra. Ephyra. It's called an ephyra. One column of polyp. Nope. It's just called one polyp. Mm, Forget the column part. It typically produces up to 12 jellies. Which is a ton of jellies. How are there not more jellyfish? Well, they only live for like one to two years, typically. They have like a... Typically, they have a pretty short lifespan. What happens when they die? I mean, they're 95% water, so they just kind of... Dissolve? (laughs) Yeah, I think. sad. Are we just swimming around in dead jellyfish? No. (laughs) Well, sometimes, maybe. It depends on where you are in the ocean. You're swimming around in waste anytime you're in the ocean. Okay, so once the little Ephyra um, has lived long enough and it's grown big enough it's um, and it's called an adult, it's called a Medusa, which is another scary term. There's lots of scary ocean terms in the ocean. <laughs> like Medusa, why? Um, that's the last fact I have on that one. And then they just kind of, when they've reached the mature age, they start the process over again and yeah. That's crazy. Reproduction method number two. They okay. clone They clone or split themselves in two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's typically, if a jelly is split into two accidentally, um, it can typically regrow its other half. And because of the life cycle, if there are two, if it splits in two and each half regenerates, there is somewhere in the code um, something that says that they, they cannot reproduce with the same DNA. It'll just bypass and go somewhere else. So they'll never be inbred jellyfish. Okay. Yeah. And now we're going to move on to method number three. Right. Yes. So the one species of jellyfish that's apparently um, immortal, if it's either threatened, like if it's under high stress or if it's been badly damaged, or apparently sometimes if it just feels like it's time, it just reverts sometimes. Oh, no. It just reverts back to um, a polyp stage, I believe. That is not a real thing. Yeah, a polyp stage. And I finally found one diagram of how this works. And it, like, it can redistribute its cells to turn into, like, a polyp that, or um, a planula that will sink down to the ocean and then a polyp. 
like it will redistribute its cells and into the center of itself and then the rest of it because it's 95 percent water and all the cells have been redistributed into this one like polyp it just dissolves part it's by part so and then it just regrows and i don't know if this only produces one jellyfish or like 12 of the same jellyfish yeah because wouldn't it be wouldn't the ocean be like overrun with this one species of jellyfish because right? it can't really die so apparently this is the only species that they found that can do this but many jellyfish don't make it to the age or are like eaten fully <laughs> before they're able to um transdifferentiate right. is the correct term um, and also, there's this one scientist that I believe he's a Japanese scientist who has them in captivity and has said that they're like so delicate and they'll only do this under very cer- certain circumstances and he has to consistently monitor the amount of plankton that they're receiving in their diet or else they're unhappy and like die wow. on their own. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. Like I can't even, my brain can't even comprehend that, you know? yeah it doesn't make sense i none of it literally what has has any part of this made sense to you no jellyfish aren't real they're not real that's my whole hypothesis here (laughs) government cover-up it is jellyfish are like something different i don't even know aliens someone made them up someone accidentally created something in a lab that was meant to be here and now they're there they mix the dna of an enemy and something else that lives and created this monster anyways all jellies sting. Okay, I'm going to tell you the name. Sorry. Okay. The name of this one, I'm sorry if I pronounce it wrong. It's called the Turritopsis dorii. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and now I'm going to give you some quick jelly facts. Okay. Like I said, jellies are 95% water. They have no brain, heart, lung, um, or organs. Um, and they just kind of have this one cavity in the center of themselves that's used for everything. Eating, expelling, reproducing. It's just one cavity. I mean, how efficient is that? You only need one cavity for everything. Gross. Like, wow. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All jellies have the potential to sting, but some are far more deadly than others. Really? Yes. I didn't know that all of them could sting. Me neither. I thought that some of them couldn't, but apparently they all can. But it's kind of like um, Daddy Long Legs, where, you know, mm. we just can't get bitten by them for some reason. Right. They're yeah. evolving, though. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know that, but I was thinking about it while I was driving the other day. Okay, I literally handled one the other day. That's terrifying. They're going to evolve because they need to be able to bite us. I'm glad like that you that. weren't the first one to die, though. Me too. <laughs> that would have been terrible. <laughs> okay, this is a fact I'm going to say quickly. Some jellies have been observed to be cannibalistic. A group of jellies is commonly called a swarm or bloom. How fun is that one? <laughs> Aww. That's all I have for those two facts. That was wild. I know. I'm really sorry. I, that was that felt. It took a lot. I felt a lot. That was I felt a so much roller coaster. Thank you for like like teaching me about that because I remember learning about jellyfish in school and being like, this doesn't make sense. It's. I don't think it'll ever make sense, but I wanted to talk about it. You explained it better than the teacher that I had teach me it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm going to switch gears here Okay. and tell you about the Pixar theory. I am so ready. This theory sounds amazing. Have you heard about it before? No. Okay, so the Pixar theory is basically the theory that all Pixar movies are connected and they take place in the Um, same universe. Okay, okay. Memory and being remembered is a key theme throughout the Pixar movies. So this is something that that will be seen popping up. 
and I'm not going to go through all the Easter eggs because there's so many, but I'll, <laughs> go, so through, <laughs> I'll go through the timeline. Okay. So it starts with the good dinosaur. Have you seen it? I'm going to ask you after every movie. Is that the big green dinosaur? Yeah. With the something on his head in the, f- in the thumbnail of the movie? I don't know. Maybe. But okay. he has like a little caveman kid. On his head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought he was like yes. a hat. Okay. I mean, okay. I think I have. So it's 65 million years ago. Oh, that's a long time ago. All right. Yes. And this is where it all starts. And the reason that this is a starting point is that it shows at the beginning of the movie that there, the asteroid that was supposed to hit Earth and, and kill all the dinosaurs, it never did. Oh, thank goodness. So in the Pixar universe, it, like, missed. And that's why the Pixar universe is similar but different than ours. So, like, you can see in this movie the animals kind of evolving to the point where humans should have, but the humans haven't arrived. They're just, like, cavemen. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because, like, dinosaurs are doing, like, farming and stuff, and the cave people are still just, like, cave people, you know? (laughs) And from there, it goes on to Brave, which is the 14th or 15th century. Oh, I, of course I've seen that one. It's one of my favorites. Meredith? Meredith. Meredith. I'm so sorry. That was embarrassing. This film introduces magic, which shows us why animals and objects can behave like humans. It cements the idea that bears are also going to be a bit of a theme. Oh my gosh, I love that, actually. Yeah. Animals can, like, shapeshift, or humans can shapeshift into animals. That's, like, a oh. key theme, too, that, okay. it, like, cements. And the magic mm. paves wave for superheroes, Ooh. which is The Incredibles in the 1950s. <gasps> oh, I didn't... Okay, yeah. Yeah, have you seen it? Of course I've seen it. <laughs> I course. love The Incredibles. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one. You should. Yeah? I think I've seen the second one. That's going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> so in this movie, two things are created for the demise of super-powered humans, which are self-serving AI bots and high-tech zero-point energy, which is like electromagnetic energy that exists in a vacuum. Oh my gosh, Same this is me. the 1950s? <laughs> Wowza, okay. All because the asteroid missed. Eventually, Whoa. toys start to absorb and draw their powers from this zero-point energy, which is an unseen type of energy, and it travels in, like, wavelengths. Oh. So the toys are starting to, like, come to life, essentially. Oh my gosh, okay. So from there we go to Luca, 1959. Oh. Yes, I've seen this one. <laughs> so Luca is a human-slash-animal hybrid that eventually decides to live on land, like, at the end of the movie. It's so it's such a cute it's movie. A movie. So this shows that this is a possibility, even though that they choose to live in the water, that they can come on land, and it's implied that humans can have babies with sea monsters. Oh, that's quite that's quite the children's topic, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Incredibles two, nineteen sixties. Okay. So in this movie, the public starts to publicly like distrust the superheroes, which leads to their eventual extinction, and by and large, takes over the government. So have you seen Lightyear? No, I actually haven't. This takes place in the 1990s, and it's like a movie within a movie. So in the Pixar universe, Lightyear is a movie in that universe. Wow. Yes. So it like takes place outside of the Pixar theory in a way. Okay. Um, but Andy from Toy Story would have seen it and been like, I want a Buzz action figure. And it could oh. also inspire certain people dot, 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 to look into time <gasps> travel. What Pixar movie's time travel? You'll tell us later, I know, but oh my gosh. So in Toy Story, which was in 1997 and 1998, toys come up with a code of rules and learn that human love is another energy source upon which they thrive. Mm, Like fairies. Yeah. Aw, cute. (laughs) 
In Toy Story 2, 1999, mm. the toys discover that it is dangerous for them to be isolated from humans. And we start to see inanimate objects question their purpose in life. Oh, that's really real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the toys are having existential crisis. Like they are living rich, internal, complex lives. Oh my gosh. I mean, stemming from human love, which has made them become human in a way. Oh my gosh. That's terrifying. I mean, I love that actually. It's you... really wholesome. <laughs> Have you seen those two movies? Um, I'm, I have. I don't remember them, but I know I've seen all the Toy Story movies. Um, what about Turning Red? Have you seen that? This one I haven't, but I need to. It's good. It's, it's like a red panda, right? Yeah. It's so and it takes place in Toronto. Oh, oh in, heck. Yeah. In 2002. Okay. So this movie, I will get into more later. Oh. But it expands on humans being able to become animals and the general use of magic in this universe. Mm. And then Finding Nemo. Never seen it. I'm kidding. I was about to like leave. I was about to turn off the podcast and walk away. You're like, we are no longer friends. That is problematic. That crosses the line. <laughs> so in the ocean, we find that fish are incredibly advanced and human-like. They are incredibly advanced. They're aliens. They are aliens. <laughs> That's right. So we discover that humans are polluting the earth and experimenting on them. And there are signs of resentment growing towards humans for polluting the environment, <laughs> stealing fish, and caging them. Oh, yikes. Okay. And it goes on to Finding Dory. Amazing movie. A good movie. Mm-hmm. Where animals are shown to be even more intelligent and implied to be living longer than average. Because, mm. like, Dory has, like, complex memories of her childhood and her parents. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And she's, like, aged, and it's been, like, God knows how long, probably at least a year. <laughs> at <laughs> minimum it kind of depends i think but typically they live like what one to like six years i don't know i don't oh. know that's just a number i'm pulling out of my somewhere i don't know okay well they live longer in this movie <laughs> that's and they amazing have like like complex like they have schools and they have like highway systems and they have yeah like, family systems yeah which is, like, more than you see in our universe, right? Ooh! It's also implied that humans are testing on animals, leading to Dory's memory loss, and that their proximity to humans can make them more intelligent. That is so sad. But also, intelligence is good. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> intelligence is good. Um, Ratatouille? I watched that the other day. <laughs> I love Ratatouille. It's so cute. It's so cute. So... In this one, animals begin to be more cautious and carry more humanistic characteristics. What year is this from? 2007. Okay. So this is the first time that we see personal interaction between humans and animals, but it is for the purpose of controlling (laughs) Okay, I wasn't expecting that turn. (laughs) That was quite something. (laughs) Okay, Toy Story 3. Probably seen it. 2007 also. Toys are being... Toys are tired of being abused by humans. Oh my They're gosh. ready to take over with the machines. Oh my gosh, 2007 is like the year. The year. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, Carl and Ellie from Carl Up. Carl the Spark. I have not seen Up. Oh no. 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 
Okay, we'll, oh. we'll get into it. Um, they write to Andy. You can see like their names on a postcard to Andy, telling him to get rid of his toys because they know the animosity between to- toys and machine and humans are coming to an end, and that's why they're, they're, they're planning on living in solitude. Okay, so I actually got chilled at that part. Oof. Okay, that's scary. <laughs> Toy Story 4, this movie shows that humans' love can allow even a piece of trash to become sentient. It also implies that because Woody has been with Andy for so long, he is even more sentient than the other toys who haven't been there as long. Like, he has more complex thoughts and memories than Buzz, who hasn't been there as long as he has been with Andy. Mm. And this is also in 2007? Yes, it is. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) And then Up in 2009. So, Carl the main character in Up, okay. is forced to give up his house to a corporation, also known as By and Large. Oh! So they're planning on expanding the city, and this is foreshadowing. This corporation is a cause for polluting the earth and wiping out life in the distant future. Oh no! As a result of technology overreach. Animals are bitter and becoming smarter, which we can see in the dogs that have, like, capabilities to speak to humans through devices. Ah. Yeah, and also, like, Kevin, the bird, who is, like, doing what he does. Oh, <laughs> I've only seen okay. up like once. I shouldn't judge you. <laughs> um, and this is the start of the tipping point between animals and humans. Wow. And machines. 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 Inside Out. I don't know if I've seen this. This is one of my favorite Pixar movies. I will see this again it's if the, I've seen it before. The song, the like theme song, it's really good. How does it go? Do you want to see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know it. I won't make you. <laughs> It's really pretty, though. Okay, I'll look it up. It's like a little piano thing. Ooh. And this movie hints at why the monsters in the future, which we'll get to, use happiness as a power source, since it is often the most powerful emotion in children. Mm. And it also implies that Bing Bong, who is Riley's imaginary friend. Thank you. <laughs> okay. That's that, a great name. <laughs> that he could have been Riley's childhood monster, as she would have been growing up in the, like, age where monsters switch to joy instead of fear oh my gosh that's so oh that's so wholesome and the memory of bing bong is what keeps him alive in riley's head oh and then coco have you seen coco i just watched it recently it's pretty good Mm, okay and this movie expands more on the importance of memory because when ancestors it shows that when ancestors are no longer remembered by their family they fade away oh that hurts. Um, what year? Oh, 2017. Thank okay. you for asking. <laughs> Have you seen Soul? Yes. I like that one. It's cute. It's like deep. It's kind of confusing also. Yeah, it's, it's, it's confusing because yeah. it's so deep. Yeah. So this one shows that souls can enter anything, including animals. Wow. And maybe even potentially inanimate objects. Oh my gosh. Oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Which explains why some animals are so human-like and some objects, like cars, are so human-like as well. Oh, that gave me chills. All right. Jumping from 2020 to 2100 to 2200. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Cars. Have I seen actually it? love cars. Yeah? Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. So, when animals rose up against the humans to stop the pollution, the machines saved the humans and they won the war. But since machines helped humans win, it tipped the balance on Earth. I don't know where they are getting their information from, but it's great. That's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. So, wait, I'm sorry. So, the animals rose up against the humans, but then the humans, like, built machines and beat the animals and the humans won. So, the humans wiped out most of the animals. Oh, that's not good. Okay, and then somehow the humans and machines became one? 
is that where we're going with this? So, so the machines helped human humans yes. win, but it tipped the balance on Earth to favor machines over humans. Ah, humans. okay. So the machines slash, by and large, the big oh, corporation no. that owns everything had to send the remaining humans off into space <laughs> on a ship called the Axiom, which we'll get into. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> and all of the other machines were left behind to populate the world and run things. Also, Whoa. they were imbued with the souls of previous humans, which explains the parallels to human people slash past events. That's terrifying. So they'll be like cars who are like Humans. Human figures, but as car forms, and that's because like the human soul, once they passed, went into the car that used oh to be gosh. their car. Okay, well, I don't love memories. that theory. That's kind of really frightening. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Cars Two, Cars go to Europe and Japan, which shows that it's the same planet as the other Pixar oh. movies. It's on Earth. It also shows that there are no humans throughout the world, and that the world at this time is having an energy crisis oil is the energy fuel is the energy used for cars and it only lasts so long before it runs out right that's terrifying mm-hmm. so cars three shows that even if fuel can be found a car can age and oh, die yikes it also implies that organic life is still on earth because there's like one scene that has like a crab and you haven't seen any other animals hmm. throughout the car movies but this is one scene that has an animal and wow. it hasn't been seen in the other two car movies yet. That's confusing. Yeah. And this is all in the same timeline of 2100 to 2200. Yes, thank you. Because <laughs> it follows um, Lightning McQueen, who's like in Cars 1, he's like at the prime of his life, right? And then mm-hmm. Cars 3, he's like aging. He's passing on. Yeah. Passing the baton. He's not passing on. I'm so not sorry. Not quite yet, but he he's is passing aging. the baton to his younger. Yeah. Prodigy. Oh yeah, that's right. There is a crab. Yes. I was trying to picture it. I don't think I've seen Cars 3. Oh, it's so cute, actually. I should watch it. You should watch it. Um, okay, and then moving from there to... Because cars have shelf life. They're going to rest. They're going to grow old. They're going to die. And they can't that's like, so sad. reproduce, right? Well. In the Pixar universe, they can't reproduce. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they, so they do eventually go extinct. Their time comes. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Wally, 2800 to 2900. Earth has become uninhabitable, uninhabitable for many years, hundreds of years, due to by and large and their pollution. Yikes. And Wally is the only machine left on Earth after it ran out of resources. Wally is such a sad. I cried at Wally. I love Wally. It's, it's so like one of sad. Movies. Um, robots and machines on the Axiom, having left Earth centuries earlier, it shows that the machines have developed a sense of purpose out of humans' dependence on them, so their proximity mm. to humans gave them, like, a life force, you know? Oh my gosh. Full circle moment. Full circle. <laughs> and then the humans come back to Earth, which is when a bug's life takes place. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow, this is a lot of timeline. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's around the year 3000. Okay. And that same plant that we see in Wally, that little one in the boot. Oh my gosh. Is it really? Yeah, it grows up to oh be like my a gosh. big tree. Oh my gosh. In a bug's life. Oh, wow. That is so cute. I'm acting like I've seen a bug's life. I have not. I have rode you? the ride in Disneyland, and I'm pretty sure I've seen the movie, but I just can't recall it's it. It's like an old one. It's yeah. like one of the first Pixar months, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Prior to Wally, an ant, like in the human timeline, like the Incredibles and Inside Out and all that, mm-hmm. when that took place, an ant can live just three months. Oh. But in a bug's life, these ants 
all survive an entire summer and allude to being around for quite a bit longer. So this indicates that ants are sturdier as a result of evolution and mutated genes. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) Alrighty. (laughs) They do not mention humans because there are very few humans to make it dangerous enough for insects to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) What a life. (laughs) In the distant future, animals start to evolve into the dominant species. Oh my goodness. Okay. Meanwhile, in the year 4000... (laughs) Oh... (laughs) Okay. Have you seen Onward? I don't know. It's the one with, they're like elves, and it has like Tom Holland. Is that the one with the sword, like the wizard the staff? staff? Yeah, and he has to find the staff. And yeah. it's his dad. His yeah. dad. Yeah, okay, I have yeah. seen that one. Yeah. Huh. It's like a new one. It's cute. Yeah. So, and this, this is on a different world. And we know oh. that because there's like two moons right oh yeah so a different axiom ship crash lands on a planet filled with magical creatures because there's multiple axiom (laughs) ships that went into the universe right oh my goodness so the humans breed with and share their history and technology with these creatures and that's why like this world has like things like refrigerators and tvs Mm, and things like that cars yeah Exactly. It's just, like, different because they're magical beings who need different accommodations. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. And the ship can actually be seen on the horizon. It's, like, it's a mountain. That is is ridiculous. Oh, well, that's, wow, that's, wow, okay. Okay. Okay, so back to our planet. (sighs) Okay. Monsters University, (gasps) 4,500 to 5,000. Oh, wow, okay. (laughs) Humans evolved into monsters due to radiation and interbreeding with sea monsters who survived throughout the pollution by living in the water. Oh. Monsters University was founded in 1313, <laughs> which is a date you dated using the Monsters calendar from the time that they remember, you know? So not humans. Okay. It's been 13, 13 1313 years. 1313 years. Thank you. <laughs> okay. since, since they, like, became monsters. Oh, okay. So at Monsters University, they falsely taught the monsters that humans were toxic and from another dimension. And this is because monsters were worried about being erased from existence. Oh my goodness. And there's a theory, possibly, that the first sea monster, it's like full circle. It Mm -hmm. could be a banished monster. As when they are above ground, they look like humans. And monsters famously hate humans. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So, monsters and machines didn't realize their mistake of getting rid of humans until it was too late. Oopsies. They need humans. They need their love to, like, survive, right? Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So, they eventually realized that humans were their source of energy and needed to sustain life. And monsters help solve, or machines help solve that by letting monsters use doors to time travel to human generations and steal, like, their their emotions, like, their fear or their (gasps) happiness from the children. That is their energy. That is insane. Mm-hmm. That is li- that's not. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah. What? <laughs> this is so silly. <laughs> I love this. This is like crazy. Okay. So this brings us to Boo. Oh my gosh, Boo. You've seen Monsters University, of right? Of course I have. Monsters Inc. Yes. Yes. Good yes. movies. Great movies. They're amazing movies. So Boo grew up in the fifties, around the time that the Incredibles and the Superhumans were like at all the rage. You know. Okay. And this is shown through, like, posters that she has on her wall. Mm. And I think she has a Jessie doll as well. Mm. From Toy Story. 
So she became obsessed with finding out what exactly was going on with the monsters from her childhood. She like, oh. vaguely remembered Sully as this type of bear-like oh. creature. Oh my gosh. Okay, full circling. <laughs> and she has a child of her own who happens to be May's friend Abby from Turning Red, which you haven't seen, so this Shoot. is less impactful. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, Boo has a direct witness to Pandapocalypse 2002. <laughs> Holy. The giant red panda took over Toronto. Oh my gosh. Um, she could have even been the one who went back in time and gave the family their panda powers because using magic doors, she learned how to time travel inspired by the events of Lightyear. This is insane. <laughs> who came up with this? Not me. Time travel is unstable, so she ends up way back in the past, and she shows up as a witch in Brave. Oh, why? Because she uses doors to time travel, and you can see the, like, two carvings left behind in Brave, like, two little carvings whittled out of wood. One of them is Sully, and the other one is a pizza truck, her two favorite things that she loves most in life. Oh, my God. So, she has a fondness for bears, because that's how she remembers Sully, right? That's why she turns... Um, Merida's mom into a bear. Oh my god! And that's why she went back in time and gave them panda powers, panda bears. So by placing herself at the events of the past, at the start of Brave, and like giving the panda powers to um, May's family, May's ancestors, she ensures that she always remembers Sully, which means that her future self will always remember Sully, which means that Sully can never truly die. Oh my god! Always gosh. be remembered. Oh, this is heart happy stuff. So basically, Boo is the one traveling through all the different time periods and all the different dimensions in the Pixar universe, and like leaving behind little Easter eggs. And that's why you can oh. see like different things in all of them. And she's like connecting the dots and playing the puppet master to make sure that her best friend from her childhood always is remembered and can never die. Case closed. Case closed. Oh my gosh, that is actually so sweet. How long did that take you? Honestly, too long. I was like trying to understand it because it's like weirdly complex for a kid's movie. And I was trying to like talk myself through it and I couldn't make it make sense. So Mm -hmm. I hope it just made sense just now. It totally made sense right now. Isn't that sweet? That is such a beautiful story. Stuff like that is amazing, where it's all like, you think it's not connected, and then, oh, but wait, it actually is, and here's why. Yeah. I don't know. There's a new movie coming out. I think it's a Pixar movie that has, like, elements. Hmm. Oh, yes. I, um, I think I've seen yeah. something about that. They're, like, that. in a city, but they're, like, fire and water and stuff, yeah. right? And I don't know how they're going to add that to the Pixar theory, but... They have to. They will. Or they probably don't do it on purpose, and it's just, like, people <laughs> speculating wildly on the internet, but someone I mean, will make it make sense. I, they probably are doing it on purpose, let's be honest. This now is, like, brilliant are. stuff. Like, yeah, that's I true. I watch Pixar movies now just so I can, like, see, <laughs> see how the Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. My next topic and conspiracy is with NASA... And them exploring the oceans. Whoa, full circle. I know. Whoa. I know. Are you kidding me? NASA's, like, space exploration. NASA's going back to the moon, where you started at the beginning of this podcast. This is so fortuitous. I know. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) I'm going to explain my journey. Okay. Researching this. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what's going on 
in the world of news outlets, but like it's crazy out there. And there's certain, there are, I'm gonna get to them in more detail, but there are like certain outlets that are supposed to be like pretty reliable that are um, like maybe not so reliable. And I'm kind of like, what is going on? I will not name them specifically. So the whole thing that started me on this was an article from Redacted. <laughs> Um, and this article was from February of 2023, which is why I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I know. Yeah. So recent. This article, respectfully, in my opinion, that's not professional. It sucks. It's a horrible article and it's so misleading and like gaslighty. It makes me so upset. Oh my goodness. I had to read it. I read it so many times because I was like, wait a minute. This is, this doesn't make any sense. And then at the... The very last sentence... Oh my gosh, I'm going to get into it. Oh my gosh, it's so annoying. Whenever you say it respectfully, I know that someone's about to get dragged. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the uh, warning. (laughs) Respectfully, I don't like you. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so... um, I made reasons, point forms, last night when I was trying to figure this shenanigans out. Oh my goodness. I made bullet points as to why this is a terrible article. You don't have to leave this in, but I need to say this because it ruined my day. They have made, their whole point is stupid, number one. Number two, the article's whole purpose is to like denounce these claims made from TikTok in 2021 that NASA was originally designed to explore the oceans, only did this for a short period of time because they found something because they found something in the oceans that was devastating enough for them to switch their whole plan to outer space exploration so they can get us off the planet okay their whole article is like this is not real this tiktok is stupid and dumb and not real okay so their whole article is trying to say that nasa stopped exploring the oceans but then it ends with quote unquote don't look this up So while NASA does monitor the Earth's ocean, it does this from space and not the sea. So after explaining why NASA stopped exploring the oceans and never explored the oceans in the first place, it's like in the last sentence, it's like, actually, NASA does explore the oceans, but it's from space. So you're wrong. How gaslighting is that? That Who does that? Who does that? I'm so annoyed. Okay, now we're going to get to the better article about this from redacted this was an article written in january of 2020 22 2022 okay. so last year so it said that nasa was actively working with the hui the woods hole ocean oceanographic institution to explore the deepest parts of the ocean and designing vessels to study it hmm. mm-hmm. this article Made a lot more sense based on all of the other things that I'd read. <laughs> so it also mentions a mission called Subsea, um, which was meant to pair humans and robots together to explore where humans can't go. <laughs> now, on NASA's actual website, they confirmed that this is a real mission that happened in 2017, I believe. And again, in this the first article that I mentioned, they literally said they only mentioned two um space sea explorations one called the csat which was in 1978 and one called the oh pardon me one in it was in june of 1978 which only lasted like 105 days the next one was also in 1978 called the tyrus 
and maybe it only mentioned those two and was like while nasa has done various explorations after this they've only done this from space which is a lie mm. it's a bold-faced lie it's a lie nasa literally on their website says <laughs> i'm getting too invested in this they literally say that they've paired with these people to do this mission which is done aboard a ship called the nautilus so they've confirmed that it's a water-based mission so someone didn't do their research <sighs> Someone didn't do the research and has ruined science <laughs> for the rest of us. All of science is ruined. I'm actually going to circle back to that point, though, because okay. I think there's more to it. Okay. I'm of a conspiracy mindset, and this is why we're not saying any names. I respect that. Thank you. <laughs> so I did want to make note, because NASA specifically says that the goal of this mission is to gather more knowledge of, of the depth like, the, that's the goal, is to gather more knowledge of the ocean's depth. But the purpose of the mission is for NASA to actually gain more experience using this exploration technique so that they can, in turn, use it in outer space. The human-robot, like, okay. pair work. I don't is know. it like a space suit? Or like a no, water Like, it's... I don't actually know what it is. I think it's it's more like a robot that they send and control to do things, and it sends back data okay to a person that's nearby okay <laughs> and Me. controlling it yeah it is it's actually really cool i'm kind of impressed nasa also works with the noaa to build instruments for the noaa which is the national something ocean something something i don't know i don't remember i'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> i have it up here somewhere which they use to monitor so the noaa is actually in charge of like ocean monitoring which they are doing this from the satellites in space that were built by nasa so those two are a team really okay okay i'm gonna give you a bit more information about nasa in case you didn't know this nasa was founded in 1958 in a direct response to sputnik okay they were like oh we gotta do nasa things now let's yeah. do it and form together to do these things. Sputnik is a Russian space thing. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I know things. Well done. <laughs> Their first satellite that went up that pertained to monitoring the oceans was sent up June 28th, 1978. But since then, they've sent up many, many more. Okay, so they have a ton of satellites up there monitoring the oceans. Why are they monitoring the oceans from so far away? Okay, there's two points on that. <laughs> One is that they use the word monitoring a lot, which I feel like is weird. Yeah, like what are you monitoring? Exactly. What are you if, keeping an eye on? Yeah, exactly. If you're trying to gain data, then why would you not just say we're... Um, researching? Yeah, we're researching. Where we're... No, observing is worse. (laughs) (laughs) If you were actually observing, then you would say observing. So I get why they use that one. (laughs) But monitoring just sounds... I don't know. It sounds like you're trying to keep an eye on what's going up from above. Yeah, like they're waiting for something to go wrong. Yeah. So the second point that I had is if you're trying to look at something with a better vantage point, there is no better vantage point than above. So it would make sense if... NASA actually had a big part in the ocean explorations, which they do have a big part. They have, I think they have obtained the most datas on, the most data on oceans that we have to date. Like they are the source of most of the data that we have on the oceans, like the temperature, the depths, how the sea currents work and all that stuff. Anything to do with the ocean, except for, I guess, officially what goes on beneath it. 
all the other stuff comes from mainly NASA and like the NOAA. I'm so spooked. I know. What if they're watching from the sky? Because there's something big enough in the ocean that they can only see fully from. So see, that is actually my theory. (laughs) That's literally my theory. Did I ruin it? Man, we're just talking. Let's talk about it. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. Also have to mention the two satellites that I that we talked about earlier. They both reportedly malfunctioned shortly after they were sent up into space. Odd, right? That is odd. <laughs> right? Both of them, both were designed to monitor the sea, and then they're like, well, we got this data, but oops, nothing else. I don't know. And they don't bring it down, do they? They just keep it up there. Yeah, I don't think so that they can up. bring it down. It's like so much space junk. And now there's a car up there. I don't think that came down. That did not need to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it up there? <laughs> Do you think that it was like an outreach program to the aliens? Like, this is our <laughs> most valuable thing that I can offer you. It had a, it like developed a soul, and they're like, we need to just send you to space because we can't have you on. <laughs> oh my gosh! They're like, no. <laughs> the car's uprising. It's happening. The humans can't handle this yet. <gasps> it's a transformer because transformers are aliens. Oh my gosh! So, so it's actually it home. Um. Oh. Oh, that's so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that better. And there were there were other Transformers out there to meet it to help it get home because obviously, you know, it's kind of like hurting. It's like broken a little bit. Yeah, That's why we had to send it back. Return to sender. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not nice. It's like written on the back in dust. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so um, now that I've sort of jumbled everything up enough... The conspiracy that I'm presenting today is ocean aliens. That NASA knows that ocean aliens are a thing. Yeah, I'm and that they're board. and that I mean, for whatever reason, they're already talking about UFAs, UAFs, UAPs, UAPs. Thank you. Yes, they're already talking about those in space, but maybe they don't think that we're ready to handle that they already exist on our planet, and that's why they're not saying anything, and that's why for some reason it's kind of. Like, it's not hard to find the data about their, this one subsea mission was not hard to find. You just had to, like, look on the website at the missions part and look at all the missions and then you found it. But if you Googled NASA ocean missions, different things come up. (laughs) Not the actual ocean missions. Really? Yeah. To help solidify our ocean aliens theory, which is going to be the whole overarching thing, um, there have been reports forever of like, if you're near water, you get more lights, right? You Mm -hmm. see more unidentified objects flying over the water. There are also reports of strange, like strange things or features under the water that can't be explained by like a ship or natural biological creatures. Really? So like, you know how... I mean, I don't really know how to identify what a ship's anchor dragging on the bottom of the floor looks like, but some divers probably do, and they've determined that there might be some marks underwater that don't fit the typical markings of a anchor. And as well, if it was like a submarine that, you know, scraped along the bottom of the ocean, then it should still be there at the end of the road, and it's not. There's nothing there. It's just ocean and then like it's gone. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It's also alleged that somewhere on Google Earth, if you zoom in on a certain spot underwater, I mean in the water, you can see a weirdly shaped circular hill in the water. 
that doesn't really make sense based off of what we know about underwater structures. I haven't found this. Okay. But I've heard that it exists. One of my other like theories is that potentially because it seems suspicious. Um, so two points to tie into this. On October 24th of this past year, so 2022, NASA started a 16-member UAP study. So the purpose of the study, according to the website, is for this, this group of people to um, come up with, I think, more standardized ways to analyze unclassified data to help them study it in the future. It doesn't sound like this group is actually supposed to like determine what the data is. They're just supposed to find better ways to analyze it. Their mission's going... So it's like a nine-month mission. So it's going to end mid-2023. So at some point soon, we should have, like, an outcome from this. So this started 2022, October 24th, 2022. And on February 17th, 2023, the redacted um, (laughs) newspaper article published this article that states, NASA, the ocean search over, period. What are they trying to cover up? Do you agree that they're trying to cover up something? Like... It's suspicious. It's so suspicious. It's like they're like if you want to like bash it, just don't talk about it. But they're like going out of their way to like. They're literally, and they're not even right. (laughs) The ocean search is not over. They're still in close ties with the NOAA. They have not publicly announced that they will no longer be partnering with them. And by partnering, I mean like they're at least building satellites for the NOAA to use to monitor and i'm assuming i'm assuming that they're not going to just not also monitor the satellites mm-hmm. like really do we really think that they're just building something and giving it away that'll go into space that they still have to monitor when they send up their other stuff it's also weird how they're like lately it's been like nasa wants to study these things mm-hmm. and it's like they're talking about it mm-hmm. and it's like i've just i feel like something's gonna happen me too i hope i feel like though we're gonna be hit with the bombshell that like this sounds crazy but i really like believe this a little bit okay. <laughs> that instead of aliens coming from outer space we're actually gonna find out that there's something in the oceans like honestly because <laughs> it's only like five percent that we've explored right yeah and like it's deep yes so the the hades mission that i was talking to you about mm-hmm. and the um sea sub subsea mm-hmm. subsea mission that is trying to explore or get closer to the deepest part of the ocean, the Hades Trench or whatever it's called. I don't remember what it's called. I thought the Mariana's Trench was the deepest. See, I thought so too, but Maybe. then there's something that mentions the Hades something, and now I don't know. Maybe that's like a point at the Mariana's Trench. Or that would make sense. That would Marianne's make sense. Mariana's Trench is just as deep as we have been. There's like trash. I think at the we bottom, got. So. <laughs> yes. I think we got really, really close, and that mission almost failed because the submarine. The submarine, like, cracked but didn't break. It's so weird mm-hmm. how we can, like, design things to go to the moon, but we can't design things to go to the bottom of the ocean. What's mm-hmm. that about? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, why would you prioritize the moon over the bottom of the ocean also? I've never understood this. Yeah, unless they've always known what's down there. See? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or else, Why? <laughs> And also, how odd is it that we've tried so many times and, like, failed so many times, apart from that one time that we almost failed but didn't, almost like someone was, like, or something was, like, you know, just to, like, put you out of your misery and, like, you know, make you, like, stop thinking about this for now, we're gonna just, sure, there's nothing down here, come down and take a look. We'll make sure you don't blow up or implode. Yeah. I'm sorry, this point was so 
not how I wanted to make it because it was going to be so epic. And then I got tangled into this web of like, you're not truthful. What is the truth? I don't know where the truth is. Why is this the most recent topics that the search is over when it's not? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I was actually so stressed about it. <laughs> Honestly, I understand. <sighs> wow. There's ocean aliens. Honestly. Sorry. <laughs> like, I almost would believe ocean aliens more than space aliens but i definitely believe both yes me yeah. too me too i think do you think that they're like the same that like ocean aliens are are from space i think that the yeah whatever we classify as an alien is probably not from this world although i don't think that jelly sea jellies are from this world like they i think that they are from this world but that they are classified incorrectly okay <laughs> like they need to have like a new classification plan. yes yeah because they don't... That doesn't make sense. None of, nothing oh. else makes sense. I kind of would believe that they're from space. Right? Like, maybe the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. it was like a spaceship. It was an mm-hmm. alien spaceship. And then hmm. some things were bigger and more intelligent, and then there was, like, little other things that became jellyfish. Yeah. So I didn't write this down because this was going to throw everything out of balance. Okay. <laughs> but there is a scientist who... There was an asteroid in the last what like 10 years five ten years that hit over the ocean but it broke up into little pieces and just actually did fall into the ocean like deep into the ocean mm-hmm. and this scientist believes that the like intensity at which the asteroid came into contact with you know earth and everything it wouldn't make sense for it to actually have come from any sort of gravitational pull like from the sun or from the earth oh. he said that it doesn't seem to make sense so he's like he thinks that this it might be an alien spaceship that accidentally something went wrong and it blew up and now there's just pieces of this spaceship in the bottom of the ocean. So he's working to try and relieve some of these pieces. And that's why there's been more alien sightings lately. They're looking for their last spaceship. Oh my gosh, that's why the balloons are here. They're trying to <laughs> convey the ocean to find their lost ship. Oh my gosh, I believe it though. <laughs> Ew, my mind is blown. <laughs> Whoa. Why do we spook ourselves out? Space aliens. Water aliens. Sea alien. Oh my god, ocean aliens. Yeah. Is that a TV show? I'm sure it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! Actually, when I was trying to search up ocean aliens, mm-hmm. there's so many results for alien oceans, but not ocean aliens so alien oceans is all to do about oceans on other planets oh it's kind of cool though it's super cool but like why are you trying to hide ocean aliens on our planet <laughs> like literally it's all of the top search results even when i typed in ocean aliens and not alien oceans that, and like alien oceans is not popular enough to be dominating the search no no, no it's not it's so confusing and it's, su- it's suspicious i'm sussed Maybe there's aliens on the oceans on other planets, and that's why they live in the ocean, because it's, like, familiar to them. That's probably what it is. Yeah. I feel like we talked, you talked, about some smart person (laughs) things tonight, and I'm glad that we just had Red Bull. This was such a dumb person topic to talk about, because it's not, not, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for tolerating this. (laughs) Yeah, but yours was so coherent, and I loved it, and I love Boo. Yes, it was. You did amazing. (laughs) I've never been coherent ever wow same (laughs) that was crazy there's stuff going on with nasa we gotta look at them like not look at them we gotta just 
I will make an effort to keep up to date with their updates because I respect them as an organization and think that they have a ton of knowledge that they're not sharing and that they are sharing. That's fair. They're also a government organization and they can't share everything. That's true. They have also helped lead thousands, quote unquote, of scientific discoveries through their satellites in space, but they don't say what those scientific discoveries are, but I have a feeling they're pretty interesting. I'm trying not to get in trouble. (laughs) Wow. That was mind blowing. (laughs) Was it? Was it or was it mind numbing? I think it might be more numbing. No, it was really cool. Okay. That was so cool. Thank you. What a good episode. Let me run with water theme and I will. You did. I did. I loved it. Thank you. (laughs) Do your own research. Learn a lot. Science is cool. And so is Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wow. I will update everybody when the new Pixar movie comes out and on how it fits into the theory. You might have to. This I'm not going to lie. Way. It might be something we have to in, um, integrate into our program. Yeah. Okay. That was so fun. Thank you so much for joining us. If you did yeah. and lasted to the end. Wow. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Real MVP. <laughs> no. um, if you did, send us an email. Oh and my let gosh. us know that you made it to the end. We would love to hear from you. And I will show you out on the podcast. Include the words... Alien? <laughs> Include the words alien. <laughs> <laughs> please. N A L I E N. Alien, please. Thank you. Yes. And I will shout you out on the podcast. Oh, weirdthingsonline at gmail.com. <laughs> In case you wanted to know where to send it. In case. Um, and we also have a website where you can find that, which is weirdthingsonline.com. I hope. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. Google weird things in wine. We'll come up. Maybe. Our SEO probably isn't great. Um, yeah, we also have um, Instagram, YouTube. We also have TikTok, which I've been utilizing more. It, it is. You can find that on our website, too. We have a TikTok link. So thank you for listening. Do all the things we ask you to do. Please rate and review if you would like to, and give us four or five stars. Five preferably. <laughs> thank you for your understanding and patience, and we love you. Yes. I love you. You're the best. You specifically sitting across from me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers. Stick around for some bloopers and outtakes. (laughs) Should I talk higher and then maybe we'll sound similar? If you talk higher and I talk lower... Do we sound the same? Do we sound the same? No. (laughs) I wrote my notes differently this time. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I kept writing things and I was like, oh, this is good. And then the stinking writers would be like, gaslight, JK. (laughs) And then I'd have to like... Because you're not going to erase it. Then I just have to move it down and, like, rewrite something. So I've got so much stuff everywhere. And I'm, like, frazzled and kind of annoyed. And, like, oh, my gosh, please do better. Wait, would you like another Red Bull? I actually <laughs> might. I might. I might not mind one. It's, it's, I don't think it's the safest place. Oh. But if, if you went with, like, a group of people. Yeah. Of more than, like, seven, you'd probably be fine. Okay. But not more than 12. No, more than 12, you just get separated, yeah. and then you're left with six. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not enough. No. <laughs> the shadow's here, too. Oh my gosh, I missed. 
him. Is he? I don't think he is. Oh, he's right here. <laughs> it was just a demon from the back room. Hi. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You're also probably smelling farts 95% of your day. That's not a fact that I've heard anywhere. <laughs> just home, so. <laughs> Actually, good point. Unless you yourself have farted, you're probably not smelling any farts. <laughs> okay. Oh, my cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. He might be a bit more gassy. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful with him. Oh. Oh, he's so sweet. He's really guarding that one brain cell that he stole from you. <laughs> Give it back, Shadow. I'm gonna need it soon. <laughs> Shadow has my brain cell. You can tell he's very concentrated. You can tell by the way his paws are crossed that he's keeping it right there. <laughs> like in his paws. He's not letting go. <laughs> oh, look how tightly crossed they are. <laughs> my thoughts are not thotting right now. But no. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm really into mom jokes these days. <laughs> what is a mom joke? I mean, like a joke, not a mom joke. It's like a joke. Like a, your mom? No. <laughs> 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 mom joke. <laughs> no, I mean like a like a joke that you make when you're trying to like hide your insecurity about being so much older and out of touch with the younger generations so you're like oh my gosh yeah lol <laughs> why are dad jokes like fun puns and mom jokes are like sad know. like I was, reactions I getting older i don't actually know if that's called a mom joke really but it makes me feel like a mom trying to relate with her like teenage daughter that knows all these slangs you're younger than me we're apart by like what five months March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Like, eight months. That's not right, is it? <laughs> You're like, oh my god, you are old. No. No, I'm not. And that's a long time in my lifespan of 23 years. So, I'm sorry. Drag. Drag? Drag. <laughs> sorry, it's the loss, the hearing loss that I'm experiencing at 23. It's really getting to me. What just happened? <laughs> oh, I'm in so much pain. What happened? <laughs> I hated that. Are you okay? Yeah. I crossed my legs and I got a Charlie horse. <laughs> Which leg? My, my right one. I have been getting one. Like, you know when you can tell when it starts and you like shift like yeah. really quickly? I have been, I've done that three times so far in my right leg. Oh my god. What is happening? Does that mean that we're both right about the alien theory? <laughs> it's like a leap. <laughs> but you know, I bet you that's what it means. <laughs> I think so too. I don't know why I keep getting like really spooked and I can't have my feet About, on the ground. It's, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that the ocean was like a trigger for you. I'm really sorry. But look, this is not so scary. It's just a bioluminescent shark. Look how cute it looks. It looks like a glow light now. It just like does that? Yeah. Oh, it's cool. I know. Wait, that's neat. I know. It looks like, it looks like pimples. <laughs> that's so rude. <laughs> Is it? Oh no! Poor shark. He really does. Oopsies. <laughs> if you stay on the surface, you're fine. But what if? What if I end up in the? What if I wake up and I'm in the ocean? 
what if you suddenly wake up and you're <laughs> somehow at the bottom of the ocean? I, just, I don't know. I can't believe you're like a real person that exists. You're just amazing. I'm gonna pass out. You need to stop. <laughs> Are you, why does that happen? Any emotion? Uh... <laughs> the emotion just goes straight to my brain and I <laughs> short circuits. The electricity doesn't go anymore. Are you a robot from the future? <laughs> you found me out. I've been accused of being a government spy on two occasions. Governments, because you're so nice. <laughs> They're like, if someone this nice can't exist, you must be hiding something. For anyone listening, I promise I'm not a government spy. Like, I swear. I swear I'm not. I swear. <laughs> Wow, that would be so dope. Dope. (laughs) You are dope. I know. (laughs) Dopest. Okay, this is getting silly. It's getting silly. It hasn't been silly up until now. It's been nothing but serious and academic. (laughs) We are very professional scholars here. (laughs) Nothing but the best for us. (laughs) Honestly, it actually, life is like it colors life is in colors maybe we should record on monday nights all the time <laughs> should we like sleep deprived monday nights monday night join us on monday nights for weird thing and things in line we'll get drunk with us our podcast to monday night nights monday <laughs> nights madness oh i love that actually monday nights madness and then weird things in wine wednesday should we have two podcasts no <laughs> Let's just do it. Should we? It's the same thing, though. We just actually re-record all the same information. (laughs) It's the same podcast. It's just, like, two different names. Should should we have, like, multiple podcasts and we just upload the same content? (laughs) That sounds so obnoxious. (laughs) 